guys. This is Danny. And this is Molly. And spooky season has officially begun. Do you decorate for Halloween? No. And like, honestly, for all my like hyping at the beginning of this episode, I think I'm going to be a real Grinch this holiday season. (laughs) I have gotten some candy. Does that count? Of course. Okay. (laughs) No, but I normally don't decorate for Halloween. Are you all? Because I know you all have got a new place. You got a little baby. Oh, yeah. I I love Halloween decorating. Like, every year I just go to the dollar store. (laughs) Okay. But the dollar store is going up. It is. Mm -hmm. They're also raising prices, like, literally going up. Literally. Like, literally. Like, literally, it's not everything is a dollar anymore. No. (laughs) Which is hateful. I know. Um, I was was expecting it, though. I was like, how long can they keep everything a dollar? Like, (laughs) it's like if dime stores were still around. It's like, you just can't. You can't operate like that. <laughs> this is a, the, I had this conversation word for word with my dad the other day. <laughs> he was heartbroken, <laughs> but I think by the end of his his talking through it, he had he had come to terms. <laughs> <laughs> he processed it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's it's interesting, but yeah, I do I do like looking. I will say I've been tempted because I've been doing more crafting, and I'm mm-hmm. on like Joanne and Michael's newsletters. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're big into Halloween and fall. Mm-hmm. Not just Halloween, fall, fall decor. Yeah. Fall, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've been getting all that. And honestly, I'm just like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to take a break this season. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I'm trying not to be a complete Scrooge. So. Yeah. I, am, I mean, you got candy and I'm like, very honestly, I'm probably not going to do that. Like the last three years, like I used to be like, oh yeah, I'd be handing out candy. Like I'd be recognizing all the kids coming through. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I got uh, pregnant and my mom was sick and then like COVID. And so like the last three years, I've just turned the lights off and said at home, like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and see, and I feel like like giving candies, like that's the bare minimum thing I feel like doing right now. But I get, I get your spirit too, because sometimes like, it's nice, like just get a pizza get a scary movie mm-hmm. and boom, that's a good Halloween too. I don't blame mm-hmm. you. So Ooh. are you, do you like scary like movies and TV shows? I do, but I don't like gory ones. You should watch the show evil. It's got me all the way fucked up. <laughs> oh my okay, God. I'll check that out. It's on CBS. Okay. It's fucked up. Is it like a anthology sort of like American horror? It's kind of like more like X-Files. Okay. Like kind of a case of the week thing. But they straight up, they straight up called uh, Jeff Bezos a, um, a sleep driver. Ooh, I'm here And compared, (laughs) compared Amazon to a, um, uh, uh, zombie creating, creating Haitian plantation. Oh my gosh. Like they, when I say they pull no fucking, like they do not give a fuck on this show. (laughs) What you gonna do, Bezos? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's I love it. It's wild. I so I'll, I'll check that out. I've been wanting. So I read. I've been reading more. Okay, I've read two. I read two <laughs> thrillers, and one of them did. Um, it's like a lot of callbacks to like old eighties horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been wanting to watch that, and I've really been wanting to finally sit down and watch that. Um, is it Nightmare on Elm Street Netflix mm. revival? Did mm. I make that up? There's something. Mm, something. Yeah. So, like, that's that's as about as into the spirit as I can get. It's like watching some scary things, reading some scary things, and getting some candy. I like it. 
We watched um, The Lost Boys. I saw it for the first time yesterday. Is that the one with uh, Rufio? With uh, Zuko? Kiefer Sutherland is the main um, oh, okay. vampire. It's really, it's, it's, it's very 80s. Okay. I will check that out. <laughs> it was good. I, I actually think you would like it. <laughs> I need something to watch. I've been doing more like crafting stuff. Mm-hmm. So I need like entertainment because I don't want like that's actually that's why I've been doing all these audiobooks because it's like I ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So I was like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll listen to a book. Mm-hmm. So, Netflix has kind of been slacking lately. That's completely off topic though, but that's to say we don't have any news. We don't have any news. I mean uh read books. There's our news. <laughs> yeah. So dear listener, really like maybe three or four days ago we're like, oh we're gonna record this weekend. Oh we didn't pick a book. Oh we gotta read a book. <laughs> We had talked about, like, you know, doing a fun bonus on Candyman. Um, I don't know if you watched it, but I've got a lot of thoughts on that movie. Um, but maybe we'll save that for something else. Yeah, I still want to see it. So that could be a fun, like, chat. Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to have a lot of thoughts on it, too. Did you see the original one? No. So I was thinking, we had talked about it. I was like, well, I could probably rent the original and then watch mm-hmm. the new one. I think you so. should. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah, that could be fun. So, but we do have an appropriately ear. It's not really spooky. It's not traditional spooky, but it is kind of creepy. What's the vibe you would say of this book? Yeah, I would say kind of creepy. Yeah. So serial killer. Yeah. So I've kind of been on a thriller kick and I think this might be my last one because I realized suspense Mm -hmm. and like thrillers, they stress me out because I don't like, (laughs) I don't like all this not knowing shit. This episode, this month episode week, however we're measuring time, we read These Toxic Things by Rachel Housel Hall. It is her seventh book, and this is her second appearance on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We read, what was it, All Falls Down? Mm-hmm. Two years ago? My God, time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, that one we had, like, we enjoyed it, certain mm-hmm. parts of it. Mm-hmm. So this one was a, I feel like this was a very different <laughs> Very different book than that one, but we'll get into it. Okay, okay. This is um a very new book. It was published just last month, September 2021. Mm-hmm. And so, as always, when we do, like, really new books, just to let you know, we do get into spoilers. So yeah. any twist Pretty and thorough. turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any twist and turns we're going to talk about. So if you're interested in knowing, you know, keeping the mystery, maybe read the book first, then come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. All right, so is there anything else? Are you ready to dig in? Yeah, let's dig in. Okay, so here is our (laughs) very long synopsis. All right, so Mickey Lambert has landed her dream job. She's a digital archaeologist with Memory Bank, a startup founded by her (laughs) ex-boyfriend. She's hyped to begin her next project, curating a small collection of items for her newest client, Nadia Dunham, the owner of a small curio shop where every item has a story. Mickey's first meeting with Nadia gets off to a rocky start when Anna, the owner of the nearby downer, douses her with Dr. Pepper, believing her to be the spy, a spy for a rich developer by the name of Peter Weller. Weller has been harassing owners like Nadia and Anna to sell their property so he can build brand new condos on the land. The job takes an even darker turn when Nadia turns up dead only a few days later. The police say it was a suicide, but a number of people doubt this, including Nadia's son, Dexter. This also now means the shop is in the hands of Riley, Nadia's eccentric and abrasive assistant. 
Soon after, Mickey begins to get paranoid. Along with Nadia's death, a number of women in L.A. are going missing and turning up dead, including a former co-worker of Mickey's best friend. Not only that, Mickey's begun receiving strange messages, both as texts on her phone and slipped under her front door. She notices she's being followed and has a number of terrifying encounters, including a late-night car chase and a disturbing encounter with a homeless man at a Starbucks. While Mickey is digging through the tangle of Nadia's life, she makes a startling discovery of her own. Her mother and father, who have always been rather overprotective of her, aren't her biological parents. She is, instead, the daughter of a murdered aunt who passed decades ago. The man who committed the murder, her biological father, has recently been released from prison and his whereabouts are unknown. Mickey is drawn to continuing curating Nadia's collection, and she begins to suspect that Nadia played a bigger role in these women's lives than she let on. Nearly all of the women, oh, this was not a poorly crafted sentence, nearly all of the women whose items Nadia now has had difficult lives, and a number of them have either gone missing or have been found dead under suspicious circumstances. Mickey's digging enrages Riley, who attacks her and tells her the truth about the projects she's been tasked with. Nadia is actually a woman by the name of Norma Diefenbacher. That question mark was me. Sorry, I was not sure how to pronounce that name. Yeah, a suspected, I don't know. <laughs> a suspected serial killer who goes by the initials DD. Nadia had murdered the mothers of both Dexter and Riley, collecting them along with other beautiful items from her victims. Nadia slash Norma wanted to curate her projects in a memory bank to hold on to the memory she was losing to Alzheimer's. While that mystery gets wrapped up, it isn't the end of the trauma for Mickey. Her biological father finds her and states he's going to kill her in a twisted sense of retribution. While Mickey is able to fight him off, he does seriously injure her. The book ends with Mickey realizing that while her protected, carefree life has been shattered, she is lucky to have family and friends who are devoted to her. I'm not really proud of that ending, but I like, <laughs> I didn't know how to, I was like, well, that's how it wrapped up. <laughs> Um, so that is, that is it. That is these toxic things. Molly, what was your, what's your opinion? I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Okay. My thoughts. I really liked it. You did. <laughs> I, I actually really, really liked it. And, um, I don't know if you know, but since we read All Falls Down, I think this is like the fourth book by Rachel Housel Hall that I've read. Mm. <laughs> like in the last two years. So, I don't know, something about this author just really super clicked for me. I think oh, um, it just kind of made me a little nostalgic for, like, Los Angeles. <laughs> um, like, she's eating pastrami sandwiches. She's talking to people in Leisure World. She's talking about, like, it rains or eight-minute commute turned into a 40-minute minute commute. And I just, I ate all those details up. And I just, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Like, I love a real stupid char- main character. She's <laughs> <laughs> and I think like Rachel Hazelhaw like really leans into like really flawed main characters. Um, you know, in All Falls Down, the main character was like just real hateful, like just a <laughs> And this girl, like she's a bat, like she's she's super duper naive. Uh, she has no idea what's going on. And for me, it was kind of fun. Like I think I at least. I think, like, put, you know, all the things together. I am sorry. What do you need? <laughs> what do you want? Because if you go on the other side of the door, you're going to be yelling and you're going to wake the baby up. And if you're on this side of the door, you're going to be yelling and everybody's going to hear you. Do you have opinions on this book? <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to let her out. <laughs> okay. Um, 
but yeah, uh, yeah, Mickey is um, very, very naive. Um, and I think for me, it was fun that I'm kind of like, okay, Mickey, like, obviously, Nadia is a serial killer, but, you know, she's not putting two and two together. Obviously, that guy who was yelling about killing a bitch, like, is your bio father. It has something to do, you know, but, you know, she's just, obviously, this guy isn't good for you. Um, so it was just, it was just kind of fun, I think, in a thriller <laughs> to know more than the main character as opposed to, like, uh, the last thriller that we read when I definitely, definitely knew less. <laughs> I was really mad at her for <laughs> getting into sleeping with Dexter because I was like, mm-hmm. listen, you have no idea what the hell these people are about. Mm-hmm. He could be a serial killer for all you know. Why are you sleeping with your client, your dead client's son? Mm-hmm. A week after she's passed. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely had some um, some messiness. I think I, I liked it, but I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I think I, I'd give it like 3.5 stars. I think I was a little disappointed by how early I figured out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And how I like wish there was a bit more like mystery to things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, very obvious Nadia is shady. It's, like, obvious from jump. (laughs) Yeah, I think you texted me, like, immediately when you started reading it, and you're like, this old lady's a serial killer, right? I I think she's like, I'm going to cut a bitch by. And so, and then the way, like, some of her little write-ups for the stories are written, it's like, I left her in a better place, and I never heard from her again. I was like, okay. Yeah. What was the one about the heroin addict? She said she'd never smoke again, and she kept that promise. I was like, okay. I made sure of it. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, you killed her. So, and then when she runs into the man at the the um, Starbucks, that's when I got mm-hmm. a clue. I was like, okay, so Angela was her mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I figured out a lot of things really quick, and I kind of wish I had been able to mm-hmm. be left but there was a little bit, of, like, there were some, I don't know, some things I think were clearly red herrings, and I was mm-hmm. able to pick up that they were red herrings. So I don't know. And I don't feel like I'm that sophisticated of a of a, a thriller reader. Mm-hmm. I think if maybe Nadia had been a bit more subtle in her crazy, <laughs> like, I like, mean, it's like she finds, like, so part of it is she's putting together this you know, quote unquote, memory bank. And she has Mm -hmm. to write stories for all these items. Yes. And one of the quote unquote items is a pair of crocheted baby items, like Mm -hmm. baby booties and hat or something. And she finds them in a box with a 13 inch knife that's like caked in blood. And then she looks up the name of the, the person who Nadia says she got the knife from. And that person was murdered to death. By like stabbing for a 13 inch knife. And Mickey's like, I wonder, I wonder if this could be connected. Well, it's even earlier than that. Isn't it like the pin? Or is it the, what's like the very first item? And then she goes to look the woman up and it's like, this person's been missing since mm-hmm. 1980. And not, and, and Mickey's just like, oh, that's weird. And she just goes yeah. on about her business. <laughs> Mickey like, is like, like unbothered by many things. <laughs> For a very long time. So I was just like, so I think that for me was just, I just wish the mystery had been a little less obvious. Mickey had been a little bit smarter. 
And also, I was thinking about you. Does it rain that much in LA? Mm-hmm. Like, it was it, always raining. It, like, once every four years, it will rain like like Noah and his ark are coming. <laughs> but, like, ask me the last time it's rained here. Because I honestly don't remember. <laughs> it was nice, though. It rained all this weekend. So I was reading this. Like, I was reading this at night by myself. And, she, and Mickey's talking about being in her house and, like, all the spooky mm-hmm. hearing, sound she was hearing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it did have... I will say this book does give off a really good, like, creepy vibe. And it does a mm-hmm. great job at building suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really... I enjoyed the writing. And I think what I just leaned into, like, Mickey being kind of dumb. <laughs> She's so... <laughs> She is a fun main character for all her dumbness. Like, yeah. I will say that. Because, <laughs> like, she doesn't notice, like, somebody's following her because she's texting and driving too much. <laughs> she, and I guess the thing where, like, I wish, I don't know, this scene I go both ways, where she mm-hmm. discovers the latte left out on the counter. So Mickey has been <laughs> followed, and we see from this person's perspective, she's been mm-hmm. followed for, for weeks. This person has literally broken into her house, has mm-hmm. opened her fridge, opened up, like, a prepackaged bottle of coffee and she's thinking about mm-hmm. how she and they're thinking about how they can roofie it mm-hmm. and then they hear mickey come home yeah. and so mickey comes up and she's in her house and she's not paying attention because she's too busy talking with a friend of money about whether or not mm-hmm. about how you don't trust the man to bring the condoms and all this mm-hmm. other messiness and she notices that the latte is out and it's still cold and she's like yeah. if i had left it out it would be room temperature because it would have been out all night Right, because she was like, I was just at, like, a booty call. Yeah. So there's no way that this could still be cold, right? And she, and like, but she doesn't act on that. She's just like, Mm-mm. whatever. There's I'm like, a girl. she doesn't act on. Girl. <laughs> and so. it's like, I, I, I kind of, like, well, I guess we can get her to the characters. That's usually how we do it. So Mickey, yeah. we talked about a little bit. Um, and I also think it's probably better to break up the two mysteries. So we talk about. Yes. Nadia and that mm-hmm. bit and then Michael the whole family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's at like the center of both of them. She's not the only point of view character in this. Like um, No, and that was confusing for a while. <laughs> I think it helped with the um audiobook and the point yeah. that, uh uh like some of it's first person present, some of it is second person. Um and I thought the voices between the stalker, the person who's stalking her, and Mickey were, for me at least, like, different enough that I wasn't as confused as, because usually I'll be very honest, like, dual perspectives, multiple perspectives really confuse me in audio. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless it's a really knockout narrator. Yeah. Um, and I, I... I broke my rule and listened to this at like 1.4 speed because <laughs> I gotta I gotta get through this. And so um, we drove to IKEA today. It was like a 40 minute drive, and I was like, "Tell my husband, I was like, I gotta finish this book." And he's like, "Okay, we'll put it on in the car." And so I had it at like the 1.4 speed. He's like, "You," he's like, "This sounds like a chipmunk. You have to turn this." <laughs> He's like, is it going to mess you up while you're not finished? I'm like, I'll find a time to finish. So I put it, you know, at regular speed. He's like, oh, my God, that's so much better. And so I was like, well, you know, most people, like, that I talk to, like, say that they don't like it, you know, at one speed. And he was like, he was like, you couldn't even believe it. I, bless you both. I thought her one speed, this narrator's one speed wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, some of them, I'm like, I'm going to stab you if you don't speak faster. <laughs> 
I will say when we were driving back, and I can't remember the scene. It was something where, like, she's putting something together. And we were driving back. He actually missed the turn into our into our neighborhood. Because he was listening, he was just listening to it. And he was like, who is that? What is this? What's going on? Because, like, we only listened to, like, he listened to two hours close to the end of the book. And he's like, who's that guy? Uh, who's Dexter? Why did he? she just sleep with him? Like, <laughs> all these questions. So. Dude, I was asking the same thing, sir. I was asking the same thing. <laughs> Um, okay, so Mickey, Mickey is, she's pretty young, like 22, 24. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it was funny because some of the reviews were like, apparently she calls herself a millennial. Does she ever do that? Because she's not. I don't remember. She's Gen Z. Yeah, but apparently she's Gen- that, that affected some people. They're like, she's not a millennial. I was like, okay, calm down. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I don't recall but i usually try to tune out any um kind of generational war because i feel like that's a thing for white people and i don't want to cultural <laughs> appropriate <laughs> oh i love it yeah she is she is very though like sheltered and her parents mm-hmm. are not rich but they're well to do she has a hand-me-down mercedes mm-hmm. that she drives from her mom as well as just pilfering all her mom's clothes she constantly steals her mom's clothes which i liked i thought that was really cute oh uh, <laughs> i, I thought it was cute but then it got a point where i was like does this girl own any of her clothes? <laughs> i feel like she's just so flighty like she just and I think maybe um, the part where I kind of put it together is when she goes back home after learning, like, you know, the awful truth of what happened. And you see that her mom unpacked her bags, like unpacked her boxes from moving back in and uh-huh. was wearing her clothes. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, they just wear each other's clothes to so feel close to each other. Aww. I guess. I was also like, girl. <laughs> but we were like, listen, you can't be wearing my clothes because you go around and get like, in the fights and getting soda thrown on you and following serial killers, you wear your own stuff when you're doing that. Because right. her mom had nice taste. Yes, quality materials. Like her mom had quality clothes, yeah. <laughs> Mickey just like seemed like she didn't care. Like that's kind of a pattern. Like she says that uh, she wrecked her dad's car. She messed up her mom's purse. She messed up her mom's shoes. Like it just seems like you know she's very sheltered. Like. I think at one point she gets called a princess and yes, um, she starts off the book breaking up with her boss slash boyfriend is doing a um, and moving back into like a mother-in-law suite um, yeah. behind her parents' house. I forget. They have a certain term for that in California. So Mickey gets a job with Nadia. Mm-hmm. Who, well, before she gets to Nadia, she meets Anna and I loved Anna. I, I, I knew you would love Anna. It was probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I loved Anna. I loved Anna's diner. Like every time we were hearing about, like, oh, here I'll make you a grilled cheese sandwich and some fries and some coke. Like in the the juke, like all the Anna details, I loved. I loved hearing mm-hmm. about like the frying of the burger. Like it was really good. Like oh, the, that, like iced lemon cake. I was like, yes. Yeah, I really want that. Oh God, I loved. It. And Anna was just a feisty character. Period. Like. We're introduced to her when she comes up and, like, throws a soda. And ruins one of um, Mickey's mom's houses. Because <laughs> yeah. she suspects she's working for, like, this land developer. Mm-hmm. She also, later in the book, gets, like, mugged. <laughs> and, like, I thought, I'm like, oh, no, Anna's gone. And then she shows back she, up and she's yeah. like, <laughs> she's 
She's like, like hey, y'all, I'm back. She was like, what I miss? <laughs> She's like, I fought that bitch. So... Yeah, she owns, like, the diner. Like, there's a little development where Nadia's store is. And I think there's, like, a hairdresser, there's a locksmith, there's the diner, and then there's the curiosity shop. And also and, a bunch of RVs. Like, I didn't know what yes. that was about. <laughs> so that's, like, when I say, like, the details in this are, like, there are two books I feel like you and I have read that have been, like, really spot, or two authors who really, really write L.A. the way that I experienced L.A. And that was Paul Beattie. And um, Rachel Housel Hall, like just spot, spot on. Um, we were in Bikea in Emeryville up here in Northern California right now. And it's like, okay, you turn one way and it's like literally there's Pixar's campus and it's giant and like million dollar houses. You turn another way and there's like a homeless encampment with pe- people living in tents you know, people living, like, on the street, people in RVs. So, like, that's very much, like, an L.A. thing just because these areas are shifting so quickly from, like, you know, here and back again that the the space that people live in is... Uh, L.A.'s a little bit different. L.A. has a lot of sprawl. But, um, you know, any neighborhood is going to have people, you know, from all over unless, like, you're really, like, in Beverly Hills, like, totally gated community and you know Caitlyn Jenner like moving all the homeless people into a field or something (laughs) so it's like yes like there are definitely there are definitely places where you might go where you might see people kind of living like in campers or in their cars and um you know staying close together um and every once in a while the cops come they did this in Venice Beach like a few weeks ago and like move people quote unquote, move people out at gunpoint. It's like, it's very contentious in California, but it's very much how you might see people living. Because uh-huh. like she- Mickey, interestingly enough, she only lived like eight minutes away from this. Right. That's yeah. what she was excited about. Like she does for a very brief moment. She's like, ooh, they could they could turn this into a nice, a nice brunch, like not brunch, brunch spot is what she said she's going to help Anna get. But when that Peter Weller is talking about like mm-hmm. condos and spas and restaurants, she's like, she's like, like love that restaurant. That nice. So. She's like, I think we could be getting Bloody Marys in the morning. Exactly. Just a hop, skip away. And so, what I kind of want you to watch Candyman. Candyman also kind of deals with like, I don't know if you would call it like black gentrification, but kind of like Black people who are more well-to-do moving in, like, being the recipients or being on the gentrifiers end, they also are dealing with that. But I don't think they do it as effectively as this book, because maybe just, you know, uh, Mickey is so kind of flighty and she's all over the place. Or at one hand, she's like, I love Anna and I love this diner and I want to go here. And, like, she's all in. At the other hand, Weller calls her and he's like, well, don't you like this restaurant? I think I could get them to come in. You and your girls could be, like, brunching and having uh, cocktails. And she's like, oh, I could be. She does. She has, like, a full-on imagined spot. She's like, ooh. <laughs> there were vines on this mystery that would I'd like to follow up. And one of them involves uh, the lock. There's also the locksmith. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm getting ahead of myself, though. So forget I said anything about the locksmith. No, but she okay. goes. She goes to meet Nadia, and Nadia's like, hey, I have these 12 items that I want you to curate for this memory bank. And so, like, she seems like a 
I guess Mickey says, like, she seems like a nice lady, blah, blah, blah. And so she's supposed to go back the next day because she's like, hey, can I add some items? And Mickey's like, sure. She goes to see a movie, which I thought was kind of random, like a movie in the middle of the day. She comes back and, like, Nadia is dead of a suspected suicide. Mm -hmm. And so it begins that now and soon Riley takes over. Mm -hmm. And this is when shit just starts really getting weird. Mm -hmm. Riley is a pain in the ass. Yes. She let, like, the way she let this woman talk to her. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. She's, like, what yes. is going on? Which I think, because I was, like, I was really, like, frustrated. Like, I think that that's when I was most frustrated with Mickey until I was, like, okay, she's kind of, but she's kind of a dummy. She's going to come around. Because, like, this, this girl was just talking just all shit. kinds of crazy. Just all shit to her all the time. <laughs> And she's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, and then I was like, Riley's a racist. And then um, Derek comes in, and I was like, okay, well, she at least is not getting an attitude with him. And then she makes some, Riley makes some statements towards the end of the book about, quote, unquote, the blacks. And I was like, see? I know. I, saw- I knew Riley was a racist. I caught that. <laughs> I briefly thought Riley, like, they weren't, like, Riley was um, have, in a relationship with Dexter. Because she gets super <laughs> jealous and super weird when she hears that, uh, or when she finds out that Mickey and Dexter are dating feels too serious, because they literally knew each other for two weeks. <laughs> right. Sleeping together, I guess. Um, speaking of the black thing, isn't there, do you were early in the book, and this is the thing, like, see, there's just little details that don't get followed up, and I'm like, well, what about what happened with that? Do you remember when Anna talks about how she went to visit Nadia <laughs> And like she, it was like a few weeks before she died, and she's like, she was just acting weird. She said like, "You need to get out." She's like, "Okay, when can I come back?" And she's like, "I don't let blacks in my store." I and then like, that, yes, I think that that has to do with that comment Riley makes later when she's like, "Nobody cared about you know the whores or the blacks." Like I feel like that was all Nadia's influence, and so I was feel like Nadia like a secret or like an old bigot. I think so. I think, like, she had those kind of dual personalities, um, like, kind of the kindly shopkeeper, and then the quote-unquote friend. I can't remember the friend, like, Little, what was her name? Eliza Little something. Esther? Is she? Esther. Okay, I was very confused about that. Is Esther a real person? No. Okay. Esther was, like, Nadia in a wig. <laughs> That's why I was, like, I was so confused because Mickey is all, like, I gotta find this old lady. She was so invested in this old lady. She was extremely invested in finding this old woman. Like, literally, and this is what I said, like, the details in L.A. when she's, like, looking through the phone book and she's, like, oh, Leisure World. Like, that is such an L.A. reference. Like, that is a huge fucking... Um, <laughs> Uh, retirement committee community like just north of like uh, Orange County, California, and it's like massive, like it's super kind of weird there. <laughs> like so, for her just to like call this lady who's like super out of it, and she's like, "Wait, could a serial killer be living there?" It's like I want that book. Like I super super want that book. <laughs> but I was just very confused till the end. I was like, "Wait, so was Norma is Nadia and?" Nadia is also yeah. Esther. Was that was like, that was the one thing I was kind of like, okay, well, who who was the woman who was bringing the flowers? But I think it was just her. Like she would go out, kind of like Superman, like change her appearance just okay. enough that people didn't recognize her. And I was like, okay, okay that's kind of a tug at 
you know, by believability. But um, I do think that, like, the dementia was making her slip up more. That's kind of where I thought it was going. I thought Mm -hmm. it was like, I thought somebody was going to be, I thought the original thing would be we would learn that she was a serial killer earlier on because Mm -hmm. it's so obvious. (laughs) And that, that the killer who was going around active would be like someone who was like she had been killed by someone who was afraid like they had worked together and they didn't want her Mm. giving away the secrets you know what i mean like now she's a liability that's right i've seen it going either way yeah that's where i thought it was gonna go yeah and i think like they were trying to like throw off a misdirection like maybe (gasps) her son or maybe you know this person or that person was like and I guess it kind of turned out that way, but we can there. We talked about Riley for a bit and we talked about these POV scenes. We learn mm-hmm. later on that the POV scenes are Riley. Mm-hmm. And what really threw me off was they are written as if it's a man. Mm-hmm. Like, did you get that? I did, especially from like the this very is another first part. chapter. Yes, the very first chapter. It starts with like this other character entirely, which actually I thought that whole scene was like terrifying she's out in tiki valley yeah it's very much dateline um she's working girl don't get in that car you never get in those cars take your uber she's uh working at a non-profit which is another detail i loved um stuffing envelopes for their gala tomorrow she's super pissed off she's underpaid she leaves and then um she's waiting for the uber and then like guy comes up and he's like oh you know get in like uh, I'm such and so's cousin. They told me to come get you. Um, and then, like, some skidheads, like, start driving by. And so she gets, like, freaked out because they've harassed her in the past. And then she gets in the car. And then um, she texts, she's texting her friend, like, oh, thanks for saying you're a cousin. The girl's like, what are you talking about? My cousin is still deployed. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, who are you? And then the guy is just like, I forget what that person says, but they have a better me. Yeah, she's like, better me than the skinheads, right? Yeah, and then, like, that, you know, kind of gets pushed aside for a while until later you find out that this is one of the victims. Mm-hmm. And so it turns out um, that that was Riley. Um, so I guess that, yeah, that did confuse me. I was like, okay, so Riley was convincing enough as a man. Um, well, then right? I was like, was she playing a man? Or was, did I just expect it to be a man so i read all those scenes as a man but she was a woman the whole time because that kind of makes more sense like if you're it's late at night there's a car full of rowdy dudes Mm -hmm. and you see a woman who you think is a relative of your co-worker i bet you're right because that was that was nadia's whole like shtick like she was going around the country helping these distressed women because they were like oh I'll, i'll try like it was always women who were down on their luck, they're caught, they're having car troubles, and they trusted someone because she was a woman, and they're like, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, this woman isn't gonna hurt me. Mm-hmm. That, you might be totally right on that, and I just read it as if it was a man. That, like, kind of turns it on my head. I was like, oh, shit, she got me, because I was, like, <laughs> thinking, like, the whole time, I was like, okay, well, was Riley just, like, so convincing in the car as a man, but it's like, oh, shit, the doctor was the mother, like, no, she's just like following the pattern, like, oh, I'm just a lady here to help you. But yeah. really, I'm the dangerous one. Right. Because I was trying to think, like, in that same scene with the waitress, mm-hmm. she doesn't, like, they're chatting and, like, she doesn't ever, like, there's nothing I think that reads like she's picking her up as a man. Mm-hmm. 
So the only the reason you think it's a man because she goes by the name Dale and she refers to herself as Dale. But then it's like her actual name. Well, her quote unquote actual name is Riley, which is also yeah, kind mean, of a neutral name. I also don't know her name anymore. Like, cause she like Dexter was the child of one of Nadia's slash Norma's victims. Yeah, yeah. And I clocked that like I think that was the point when she was like, Oh, her mother was murdered and then Nadia found her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the cops are just like, okay, I was like, she killed, she killed her. Exactly. I didn't know about Dexter for sure. But when he was like, um, well, we don't look anything at all alike. And I was like, okay, you can be mixed, but you're still going to look a little bit like your brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're still look a little tiny bit. Well, and I was going to, since we're never described Dexter, he's described, like, they just describe him as a black man, but they don't say, like, complexion or, like, any kind of thing. I was like... Because then in my head, I just picture, okay, this white lady with blonde hair, and then, like, I don't know, like, a just, like, a black guy. Like, I just kind of suspected they weren't biologically related. Yeah. Yeah. But then I guess at the end, it turns out he was mixed also. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. It could have been a little bit more. Yeah. Um, So, Riley, yeah, Riley is, like, just super hateful (sighs) to Mickey, like, from the get-go um shady um and then you kind of hear like her backstory and you're kind of like okay well obviously she's like had this trauma in her past maybe i'm being a hater um, no. but then it turns out no um like we're, we're you know i don't think we've described it yet like basically the mystery of this is there were all these people in like the 70s 80s 90s all these women who were dying and had dd like the initials carved into their backs. And then it happened again, like in 2020. Right. Um, and I think Anna says something like, oh shit, like I remember this down in New Orleans and I was like fucking terrified. And now here it is again. And um, everybody's thinking it's like this man. Everyone's like, you know, not sure if it's a serial killer. They're not really paying attention because of the victims um, are poor, they're black, they're you know, abused women. There's one um, meth head lady kind of. Uh, And so um, it turns out that Nadia was committing these crimes, um, you know, back in the day. And she kind of raised up Riley. Um, I don't know, like totally, like I totally didn't believe Riley like one way or the other. Um, But it seems like she kind of passed that on to Riley and right. kind of like like her murder apprentice or something. Yeah. Um, because there's there's some ambiguity with Nadia's death. Like they find Nadia um with a bag over her head mm-hmm. um and some twine or a jumper, something, uh, bungee cords around her neck. Um, but then it turns out she pushed like her medical alert bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> And so it seems like Riley, like, it seems like Nadia had dementia um, and she wanted to confess um, because she didn't want, she wanted people, thought because Riley kind of goes back and forth. She's like, oh, she wanted to get right with God. She wanted people to know who she was. So it, it, to me, at least, and I don't know if you had a, a better read on this, it wasn't clear um, if she was confessing or she was just, like, wanting to make sure people knew. I read it as, because she says something about how, Riley says something about how she didn't even want to do the memory bank thing at all. 
Mm-hmm. And so she, I think Riley was, and she said it was something about the the Alzheimer's and how it was affecting with her judgment. And I mm-hmm. think what happened was Riley was kind of what we said earlier, starting to see Nadia slash Norma as a liability. Like her memory is mm-hmm. going, her judgment is going, she's going to talk too much. And so she, you know, kind of offed her. But mm-hmm. the thing that's confusing is they had two suicide notes. Mm-hmm. So they do say at one point that she did want to kill herself. Like she had mm-hmm. written the, or did she make her write that note? She made her write one, one. note. Yeah. And then she had written a second note. So I wonder if like Riley had talked her into it. And then she was like, well, fuck that. Like, <laughs> yeah, know, I'm going to do it, but I won't hide a note on my body. So, she <laughs> so it's a little complicated. Yeah. So another vine, I think that gets weird is there's a character this isn't a vine. This is a whole separate thing that kind of gets skimmed over. And I think we should we should have spent more time with it. Nadia, quote unquote, Nadia tells Mickey that she bought this shop from a Korean woman named Sarah Park in mm-hmm. 1980 for like a song. Like mm-hmm. Sarah had to go back to Korea to take care of a, first it's a sick mother, then it becomes mm-hmm. a sick father. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the help of the locksmith, who is also Korean, they call and check. I don't know how they get this woman's contact information. <laughs> in Korea, but they do, they call like a family member in Korea and they learn Mm -hmm. that, well, her father died a long time ago and her mother died in childbirth. So she, she never came back. They have never Mm -hmm. heard of Sarah Park since she left Mm -hmm. in like 40 years. They hadn't heard of her. Mm -hmm. And so Norma, I guess, just kind of came in, killed Sarah. Mm -hmm. It's alluded to, we learned she hid her body in the curio shop, Mm -hmm. possibly also killed her handyman named yeah. Joaquin yeah. and then just takes over the shop and you're like you know that's a lot of murder for yeah. someone to trust like I don't I don't know it, it was convoluted little, it seems so, a little shady Sarah Park had the the shop and it was doing well because Anna was always been like I don't know about that like Anna's always kind of like look I like Nadia but it was shifty how she took how she the shop it. yeah um, and then Mr. Kim was it? I can't remember the locksmith guy's yes, name. He was he was J. Kim. J. Kim. He was kind of like the same, like something shifty happened there. So Sarah Park had the shop, it was doing well. Um Nadia comes in under her different alias, starts That's working what there. Me. Yes. She, she met Nadia there. and Norma. <laughs> As Norma, super hateful, saying racist things. She already has a handyman because we hear that uh, Nadia slash Norma's background is that she's kind of like this fixer, this handy woman. Like, mm-hmm. she's always taking care of these women, fixing things up for them. But there's someone in the way in this shop, uh, the handyman that, that Sarah Park has. That guy is saying, you should get rid of this Norma woman. Like, I don't like her. She kills the handyman. Oh. Mr. Kim is like, he's like, what's this woman Racist shit to me. I don't like her. Something's up. Um, but then Nadia comes in. Somehow nobody recognizes <laughs> That's the part that got me. No one, re- and maybe I missed something, but nobody recognizes that they're the same woman. She's super nice. She's super friendly. Everyone likes her. 
oh, poor Sarah Park has to go back and will you please take over my shop because they're the only one I trust. Meanwhile, Mr. Kim's back there like, nah, something, something ain't right about this. He calls the cops. He calls LAPD. They're like, oh, Mr. Korean man, like if you call us again with some bullshit against this white woman, then we're going to call immigration. You're going to be back in Korea. And he's like, well, fuck, it ain't worth it that that much to me. What the fuck kind of threat is that? Like, unless he's an illegal immigrant, which he doesn't say he is, like, what are you going to call immigration? Because he's annoying? Like, I I don't know. That's probably the the implication. That's probably the implication that um, either they, you know, uh, he might not have been, had uh, permanent residency or full citizenship, even if it wasn't like undocumented or something. Like, there's a million ways that oh, law enforcement can and does fuck people up. Like, that's just yeah. for you yeah. know, yeah, or leverage, or it's it could be a million different things. Um, okay, like they this, don't explain it all, but yeah, this helped me because I did not understand. There's like they talk about how Sarah met Norma, didn't like Norma, mm-hmm. met Nadia, liked Nadia, and I was like, wait, aren't they the same person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that was a little another like time where it's like, okay, they really didn't notice that these are the same women. So I think had that not been part, like, that was kind of confusing. And I'm like, I yeah. don't know what the hell's going on here. And then Joaquin, because, like, Jay leaves this note. So Dr. Dr. Kim, Mr. Kim <laughs> leaves the note about how, like, go check out this grave. And then she gets there, sees a ghost or some guy. I don't know what that was about. That was another scene. I was like, where's this going? Yeah. And then she, like, tries to call him and he won't, like, return her calls. <laughs> He's like, I helped you all. I'm gonna, I did all I'm gonna do. So, so I think, the, and then it turns out, yes, Sarah Kim is in the building. She's in a steamer mm-hmm. trunk. There's like lime on the ground that they're trying to use to dissolve her body. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it gets really, woo, woo. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's why I'm like going back on for, and forth. It's like, was Nadia like repentant or was she just bold? Because she immediately takes her down to the basement. Right. She's like, that bottom. She's like look powder. at that. Yeah, ignore that white powder. She's like, hey, look at that steamer trunk. Nothing interesting in there. <laughs> Just like, uh, can I also say I thought for a good long time that the detective wasn't a real detective because he was just <laughs> He's so such an, such an asshole, so aggressive. I'm like, I'm like, girls, don't talk to him. Talk to him with a lawyer. You already mm-hmm. heard from somebody that they like want to make sure they want to know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You're out here yap gabbing in the middle of this parking lot. Don't talk to him. Fucking everything, like every like I get why Dexter was like upset. It's like you told him what? You told him what? And he still treated her like shit. He's still like, well, I'm gonna need to see your ticket stub from the movie the the day that Nadia died. But I was like, I literally just fucking got here. And And then she, like, gives it to him, and he's still like, well, you could have just left. She gives way too much to guy to this guy. He lets, she lets him take notes from, Mm -hmm. he's like, I could get a warrant. I'd be like, wait, go get a warrant. Like, why are you giving all this information to this cop? (laughs) Right. It's like, like, you don't know the situation here. I thought it was going to turn out that he wasn't even a detective. He was just pretending to be a detective. Because we never saw him, like, doing actual, like, police work around other people. He would always, like, show up in a parking lot and, like, start questioning her about shit. Yeah, he didn't have, like, a partner or anything. Yeah. The uncle does, like, later explain kind of who he is. Yeah, confirm. Um, Which, you know, ties into that, the other mystery, which I guess 
I, well, maybe we should talk about Dexter just a little bit first, because yes. he's kind of the last piece in this. And um, then we can turn to the family. Mm-hmm. So Dexter is Nadia's quote-unquote son. Um, kidnapping victim. Kidnapping victim, basically. He is, uh, like, I like how uh, he's introduced. He's just yelling at Riley. <laughs> and Mickey's like, who is this black man just yelling at but she gets the hots for him immediately. So, like, as soon as she sees him, he's like, mm-hmm. Okay, well, someone was, like, yelling at the person who had been, like, microaggressed. Not even microaggressioning. Like, you just outright aggressive. Macroaggressioning you. Um, and she's like, oh, she's all hot and bothered immediately. <laughs> she goes out with him, like, the day of his mom's funeral. She does. And then she gets mad. Well, and then they have sex. And then she gets mad when he doesn't text her back. And her friend has to be like... His mom just died. I do want to say, and I don't know how this is all going to play out. So you know how he's talking to someone from Ryder Consulting? Yes. So that is part of this short, this novella that Rachel House of Hall put out earlier this year that's really, really good. Oh, Uh, it's an expanded universe. It is. And it's all about Ryder Consulting and what they do. Okay. It's really, really good. I really liked it. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was mm-hmm. one of the red herrings because mm-hmm. every like because she starts feeling like she's being followed and she sees this guy who's like a like a white guy with blonde hair and she'll just see him randomly mm-hmm. and she thinks he's working for Peter Weller and then Dexter's like no 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 I hired him to follow you because I don't know what mm-hmm. the hell you're doing mm-hmm. which okay makes sense and I, I feel like in that novella the guy writer because it's not told from his perspective it's like someone else who works there um, and she's like trying to call him. She's trying to get in contact with him. He's like, I'm in LA. I'm in LA. So I feel like this is like the story of what he was doing in LA ah. and what they do actually complicated. It made me think complicated for me. It's like, okay, well maybe she isn't a serial killer because of what this, they have like a very specific thing that they do. Um, I guess, I don't know if I want to say it or not, if you're going to read it, but, um, but yes. So it was kind of like, oh, well shit, maybe it's that same thing that they do and they're not dead. But then it turned out, it was like, they were, okay. Um, but yeah, so it was just a very small detail when he said writer consulting. I was like, oh, I I understood that reference. I got it. And I hope I'm not like totally, like when I heard it. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously, yes, it's that. But have, do you ever do this when you're, like, you're so sure when you're listening to something? And then it's, like, later you're, like, is that right? Especially since I had, like, a glass of wine and a big old brown before I did this. Like, Maybe it's, like, totally, that's not what the novella was right about. And I totally got it. But I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure they're connected. Yeah, because it's not a very common name. And then it sounds like it, there is some crossover if this character is going to L.A. for a, a project. Yeah, it's called uh, How It Ends. Okay. Yeah, super good. Like, um, a lot tighter than this, with a very different type of narrator. Okay. Like, just, you know, super smart, very on top of things. Uh, Highly recommend it. That is actually good, because I think had this book maybe been a bit tighter, I would have, like, I don't hate it, but I think had it been a bit tighter, I would have liked it more, because I think it feels like there's two separate books here. There's the whole mystery with Nadia and her mess, and then there's mm-hmm. the family stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this could have been two separate books. It kind of reminded me of like Bluebird, Bluebird, and mm-hmm. Heaven My Home, and what it does there. 
but those there's clearly like an A plot and a B plot. Yes. Like one is clearly the mm-hmm. Yeah, one is clearly the primary mystery. Here they both felt like they were of the of equal weight. Yes. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, because it's like at some point I think my husband was like, So she has two stalkers? <laughs> like, yes, she does. <laughs> Um, so I think that, oh, we didn't even really talk about Dexter. Hey, he's a photographer. Yeah, okay, she's like, uh, he's kind of a red herring because his initials are DB. Mm-hmm. You don't know at the beginning. It's like a man. Uh, you know, he's mixed. So maybe, you know, he could pat. And like, you know, we don't know enough too much about he's got, him. He's got anger yeah. problems and money problems. Anger so. and money problems. Definitely. Um, uh Nikki's mom, who's probably one of my favorite characters, was like, uh, listen to your gut. She was like, do you trust this guy? Oh, you think he might have murdered his mom? Maybe you shouldn't date him. (laughs) She's like, listen, sweetie, I've worked so hard protecting you all your life, and this is how we... Oh, yeah. Dexter... Dexter had... I wasn't sure about Dexter. Like, that was the one red herring that had me... Because there was some, like, I knew, I kind of suspected Peter Weller was not going to be as big a deal as the book tried to set him up, mm-hmm. just because he wasn't present enough. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was too much stuff happening. Dexter, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure, like, because after Anna gets beat up, she, like, mm-hmm. she shows up and she's like, I got some evidence. And it's a I necklace that. That detail. Yeah, it's a necklace that matches. Mm-hmm. The, a necklace that Dexter wears. Because it was uh, one of those like old school like heart necklaces that mm-hmm. are like broken in half and each person mm-hmm. takes a half. Mm-hmm. And so Mickey's like, oh shit, I think he had that on while we were fucking. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. But I love, because that's so true to like that kind of character. She's like, oh fuck. I remember he had on one of the old school necklaces. Was it the right part? Was it the left part? Was it gold? Was it silver? I can't. I can't fucking remember. I was getting dicked down. I was drunk. <laughs> like, we had old fashions. And so I love just that detail that uh, later she sees that he still has it on. Mm-hmm. And you know it must be the other half of that right. necklace. Right. And so, and then, and then his money issues because she follows him one day, and he's going to the life insurance place, and she's like, he just cares about the life insurance. I know. <laughs> and she's also mad that he didn't come to see her. And I was like, girl, again, <laughs> shit is going on. Yeah, her friends are like, they're like, Mickey, relax. <laughs> you with this dude at his mom's funeral? He's <laughs> like, he could have come by to see me. It's like, okay, girl. I think it was, like, at that point where my husband, when we were driving the car, he's like, who is this man to her? <laughs> because it was, like, all the stuff with Chris, who we can get to in the family side. But yeah. Like, Chris, 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 Chris. And then I was like, oh, and Dexter didn't come to see me. He was like, who's Dexter? <laughs> Somebody's on, back. My cat is crying. <laughs> yeah. So Dexter was just a really big red herring. Yeah. He was probably the most defective red herring, I think. Yeah. He's the one I was the most unsure of. Yeah, because I think it could have went like, oh, he was in on it, or yeah. he kind of knew when she turned both the kids. Like, but at the end, he's just like, like when uh, Michaela kind of like quarters Mickey, and she's got her in the basement, and she's got like the plastic and the bungee cord, and Michaela still is not getting it. Right. Like, this shit looks familiar. Who just died? Like suffocating in a plastic bag. Well, she, 
I feel like she does get it and she tries to explain it to Dexter, but she just kind of, and it's like, you are just automatically going to sound like a crazy person. Anytime you accuse <laughs> someone of murder, That's like, true. and you don't have solid evidence, you just kind of come off like a crazy person. That's Especially true. after you've been caught fighting in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like, Riley kind of sets her up. There's, like, a Sarah Park had, like, a ruby necklace. Basically, right. Riley and um, Dexter only knew as their mother's necklace. The necklace goes missing. Riley hides it in the car. So she's kind of been setting uh, um, Mickey up the whole time. Because, like, in her point of view chapter she's like she's a print like she's real hateful like real jealous sounding but she's hot and cold and like that's when i'm like mickey you gotta be more aware (laughs) because like she'll like call her something like is that any of your fucking business why are you asking about all this stuff and then she'll be around she's like oh so how's your day and like i'm like i'm so sorry i'm uh, I'm just so like like, stop falling for it mickey stop anna gives the one good line like anna's the one person to call her out because like she pulls that shit on anna she's like what's the point of this conversation and anna's like (laughs) like you 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 inserted your narrow ass this conversation (laughs) there doesn't need to be a point yeah she's like you walked into my restaurant and into my conversation you can walk right out exactly like it, that doesn't need to be a point and well there's probably other stuff we'll remember but i think that's it for like the that's nadia that kind of side of things yeah so in the end oh, yeah norma is, oh go ahead she kind of gets off because like she has a, a habit of recording literally everything. <laughs> she even acknowledges she's like california is a two-party consent state but she's like fuck that it anyway <laughs> It's like, I'm just going to leave this. She says, uh, I got this expensive ass recorder that I use for work. At some point, she's like, I'm just going to turn it on and record every fucking thing. She so she catches, like, everything. Yeah. She just And it kind of made me like, maybe I should walk around with a little recorder <laughs> in my pocket. You never know. It gave Andy a few times for her. And essentially, like, that's how, like, they kind of figure out that, you know, she wasn't involved. That Riley, she kind of makes a confession. But it's enough, like. I still think she could have been like, go check in that basement. Like, you know, hey, here's a knife. You guys have it. Hey, go look in the basement. Like, you don't need a whole lot to pin this on them at this point. Right. Oh, I did also forget that apparently the book ends with Riley in prison and Dexter going on basically a crossroad trip around America to return these items to the murder victim's family. And I'm like, bad idea. Bad but, idea. But coronavirus is hit. So <laughs> she's like, I don't even know if like people are answering their doors. Like, just good, because you know what? That is a terrible idea. It's if like, you oh, want to return okay. those items, you, you contact you a lawyer that, and you have right? that lawyer do it for you on they your that shit. You have the lawyer call and say, Oh, I'm very sorry to hear this an anonymous serial killers victim's son wanted you to have this like you know two dollar keychain you do not show up at their house (laughs) you do not show up at their house and be like we have your dead relatives crack pipe would you like it it. it's true (laughs) (sighs) do none of these people have lawyers like I don't understand yeah I don't think there's any lawyers in this book (laughs) Which so is the one just the one she contacts when she finds out if they have the rights to use you are my sunshine. I don't remember that part. 
Because there's like a song that the music box plays You Are My Sunshine. She's like, oh, I want to use this in the memory bank. And so she sends an email off to legal. And that's the only lawyer that gets mentioned in the entire book. Riley is just so concerned about things that I would not be concerned about. Like, yeah. I think at some point I told my husband, I was like, okay, if I thought like there was a family of murderers, like I just wanted to show up those last few days. Oh, like, you mean Mickey? Oh, Mickey, yeah. Uh, fuck this memory box. Fuck this, fuck that, fuck you. I am not going back into that den of murders. Like, I will see you guys when this is uh, uh, Mastro's. And, like, when this whole block has been bulldozed because this is some bullshit. And I was, I had that question. I was like, why does she keep inserting herself into this? Like, because at first she's like... Well, she paid for it, so I'm going to finish mm-hmm. the work so the family has it. But then shit mm-hmm. starts hitting the fan in a big way, and she's still, like, investigating this shit. And, like, this is suspect. Meanwhile, she's got people <laughs> slipping notes under her door and saying, stay mm-hmm. the fuck out of it. And I would, my guess from the writing and having read, like, some of the other books, putting aside my own, like, survival instinct and logic... I would say that she was so sheltered that she didn't understand the danger that she was in. Because she had never really understood herself to be in danger before. That's that's a good read on it, I think. I think there is an element that she's extremely naive and sort of self, not self-centered, sheltered. God, not words today. So yeah, I think she's that's a, a princess. Good read. Like she just she never really understood a whole lot. And her mom kind of says this, like. She says, oh, Dexter's mom, like, basically was, like, digging through trash like a raccoon and leaving him alone and possibly murdering people. And to him, that was normal. You were, like, super sheltered. Your nanny was, like, a Navy SEAL or something. (laughs) A bodyguard. A bodyguard. And she was, like, to you, that was normal. But, like, really, neither of you had normal childhoods. But that's, like, your worldview. And it's going to be hard for you to see other people's worldviews or hard for you to operate in the real world. Yeah. Are you you ready to deal with this family conflict? Yes. Yes. No, I would just like to say that I was suspicious of like, I was like, oh, something comes up with that family. As soon as that homeless man said, I killed that bitch. I was like, damn it. I I was like, I was like, something, (laughs) something's going on there. So just to review, Michaela Mm -hmm. is, she lives in a house. Like they hint at it early on, but like, she walks, like, there's an early scene where she walks in, she's like, her parents were fighting, but I didn't pick up on that. I was like, they were just talking. But she's oh, like, yeah. she hints that there's, like, tension between her parents. She overhears conversations about, like, restraining orders and if he comes near her. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents keep their her bedroom their bedroom door locked, mm-hmm. even though she's, like, 24. Mm-hmm. And um, so one day she's, like, in the house snooping, and she finds this lockbox and she finds the key, and she goes in. Ooh, before we go to that, I want oh, to talk okay, a little yes. bit about her parents, because I, okay. I adored them. I loved them. I liked them. They were fun. They were good yeah. Her dad is, like, a total nerd. He's, like, playing <laughs> Minecraft all the time. He's, he's like, what a burger. He's an accountant. I think it's important to note, like, his family is all cops. Like, his dad was LAPD. His brother's LAPD. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of more the nerdy side. The mom... Yeah. Uh, you know, she's kind of bougie. She's got, like, nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the scenes that I love is, like, early on, 
something, Michaela, like, there's the first note, like the creepy note that she sees under her door. Um, and it says something like, uh, you're pretty or something. Yeah. Um, and she's like freaked out. She thinks it's a gardener or someone in this park. <laughs> or the mailman. <laughs> or the mail. Like she's just, she's very oblivious. And she's kind of like, oh, I had a stalker back in college. And, you know, obviously later you figure out, you know, what all that was. Um, Do we? Because I was going to say, I thought that was another red herring. It, oh, it, see, I thought it was like the dad again. Because they say he was in jail for 20 years and he just got out recently. I guess that's true. Because she was two when everything yeah. happened. So maybe that was just like a third stalker. She just ran, <laughs> she just gives a lot of stalking experience. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. I mean, poor Mickey, like, um You'd think she'd be a little, like, after that first experience, she'd be a little bit more uh, street smart. Yeah, but she's just kind of, she's like, I don't know, I keep leaving my alarm off. <laughs> <laughs> my door unlocked. And so she she gets the note, the fa- like, her pants, uh, like, go into Rambo mode. Like, she kind of looks at, she says her dad, like, with a shotgun or, like, a gun or something. And her mom with, like, the kitchen knife. Like, they are fucking ready. And at the at first, I was like, I didn't understand. But when you figure out, like, what happened, I was like, yes, okay. It would be, like, absolutely, like, yeah, you know. But um, they go from, like, super sweet, you know, they're drinking wine. And they're watching Golden Girls. And they're playing Minecraft. And they're dunking their fries into milkshakes yeah. yeah they're like i don't want to say the huxtables um well she does kind of say at one point like they're just black excellence you know yeah stayed with both of her parents went to good schools they went to vacations they you know she just they got no drama yeah no yeah. drama I'm like, um, yeah, their goals <laughs> yeah they're basically i think dexter says that she's like yeah sounds like their goals yeah basically um, i have a question for you yeah in this situation mm-hmm. where someone has Killed, you know, you're like a family member, left the child, threatened that child. Wouldn't mm -hmm. you move? Like, I I would get out of state. Well, you know what? I probably wouldn't get out of state because my whole thought was, I was like, the LAPD just didn't take care of this shit. Like, the LAPD just didn't kind of, like, make shit happen and make sure that this was taken care of. Yeah. Like, this is, like, you know, like, they're within their realm. And they're, you know, especially, like, in the 90s, they had some corrupt... I'm not, you know, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I was just not saying, trying to get sued over here. I was trying to get sued, but I'm just saying, like, you have this Black guy who did this very heinous thing to a cop's family. And he just kind of... They just walked him into jail. I so I'm just saying, because like, we I only got probably, 20 years, and I'd be like, okay, 20 years, I'm not going to still be in this town. We're gonna. I would just stay around my my cop family and be like, well, maybe when he gets out, we just pay him a little visit. <laughs> <laughs> we just go see. Or you know what? Maybe you know somebody who knows somebody. You know see, who wants bad. to get out a little early. Well, too bad you weren't on the force because they lose this motherfucker immediately. Immediately. And I was like, how the fuck did that happen? He gets out and they're like, he's off the grid. And Vicky's like, I don't know where he is. It's like, you do. You do know where he is. He's at the Starbucks. He's at the Starbucks, yeah. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I I, I get your point. And maybe I just have like a more um, hateful point of view or more like... uh, 
uh, <laughs> cynical. But there were like really parts where I was like, okay, like really, you guys are like LAPD, and you couldn't have like figured out like a more final long term fix, long term fix for this problem. I'm just, I'm just saying, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> we, we are not insinuating anything about the Los Angeles Police Department. No, you know they weren't doing nothing to black people in the '90s. We don't even know who they are. What, Rodney? Who? <laughs> so, I'm just putting that out there. So yes, okay. So yeah, so I like her parents, and I like her mom, and I like the description of the house. Like every time she looks out, it's like. The whole thing, like every time she's texting her parents about, like, what the fuck is taking this fence so long? <laughs> the whole fence. That was dramatic. This fence gets brought up so often that I thought it would play a bigger plot. Like, it really they're did. Always, I was like, hey, we're going to get the fence built. And then, like, there's a hole in the fence. And then the rain is keeping the fence from being built. And I was like, ooh, something's going to happen. Like, that fence is going to, like, this fence. It's going to, like, they're going to find someone caught in the fence, and then nothing, really. Yeah. So, oh, but her- then when she sees the um, window, uh, the was it the screen or something, she's yes. like, oh, look, it's on the ground. After, like, this latte has been left, and she doesn't think to tell anybody. She, you can, I will say, as dumb as she was in that scene, it was kind of, like, well-written. You get it's like, she doesn't believe it. She just yeah. sort of makes herself believe it. She's like, yeah. well, no one's here because they didn't steal anything. Yeah. If they were here, they would have stolen anything. And since all my stuff is here, clearly no one could have been here. And she sort of, like, lies to herself. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that's when it gets too real. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, still dumb. Just call your uncle. Call your exactly. cop uncle who lives down the hill from you. Apparently, so, so then she discovered, so then we, we should talk about the aunt too, because mm-hmm. before she discovers the relationship, she does know she has this aunt who's actually her biological mother, but she was raised to believe it was an aunt who was killed kill- in a drive-by. Okay, yeah, I didn't know if they told her like she had been killed or if she just died. And also randomly, no, nothing else. Nothing to do with anything else. She has a mysterious scar on her cheek that no one can yeah. remember clearly how she got. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting. Like this memory box plays a role here too, because she's making one for her mom's upcoming mm-hmm. birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's kind of snooping around more so than she normally would be trying to, you know, find family stories. She keeps seeing her parents being cagey about certain things. And she mm-hmm. has like this scar on her, like a little faint scar on her cheek. And she asked, like, I thought this was quite was good too. She asked her mom and her dad. I think she asked them separately, and they both give like two separate, separate answers. answers. <laughs> and she's like, "Wait!" Like even Mickey's like, "Wait a minute." So she asked her mom again, and her mom is like a really convincing. She's like, "Oh well, we were at a party, and there were a lot of people there, and you were just kind of toddling around. You fell, you hit a class table, and I felt." so terrible I was so guilty because it was totally my fault mm-hmm. and so it's like later you kind of know it's all the guilt and like you the know trauma trauma the, yeah of what, ha- what really happened but it's convincing to Mickey because she's like well I'm the center of my parents universe so uh, <gasps> of course like a star <laughs> on my face would like devastate my mother for 20 22 straight years. years and they never bought a glass table again <laughs> never again but okay, so uh, she finds yeah. the paperwork mm-hmm. and it like it reveals that Angie is her mom which mm-hmm. I kind of sus- 
suspected. Like they said mm-hmm. that, and then they said something about her looking a lot like the aunt. I was like, okay, that's her mm-hmm. mother. Mm-hmm. And she, because first she finds she's adopted, and then she finds out who her biological parents are, and then she gets told this really terrible story. Yeah. Because she ignores her family member for a while, her family for a while, and so they, she gets told the story about how her father was kind of unstable and abusive, mm-hmm. and that when she was born, she had to, you know, her Angie was staying with her parents, mm-hmm. and she, no, Angie was staying with her uncle, and Mickey would stay with her now adoptive parents. Yeah, because her uncle tells the story, and the uncle is uh, gay mm-hmm. and a cop. You know, and a cop's son. And I actually thought that was kind of uh, an interesting way that they revealed it all. Because she's very close to the uncle. And he says, oh, you know, I left, I really left your aunt. Like, she was like my best friend. She was the first person I told that I came out to. Um, you know, she was my cover for a lot of things because I was scared of how people would react. And um, uh, she would stay with me. You guys would both stay with me. You would stay with your, uh, you know adoptive parents but your father didn't really know didn't really understand what was going on and just saw everyone as a threat mm-hmm. including like the baby yeah which makes no damn sense and so one night he comes over demands Angie goes with him mm-hmm. and when they think I don't remember what happened he throws the baby yeah so like he comes in because this part was like oh this is like it was a lot yeah it was a lot he comes in he's being like really erratic he says, Angie, you need to leave with me. Um, you've been fucking this guy. Like, all this stuff. Like, crazy stuff. Um, she has the baby. He grabs the baby from baby Mickey from her. Throws the baby. Well, she's two. Throws yeah. the two-year-old baby. across the room. So baby. Um, and that's when she hits the table. Like, she's bleeding. Like, everyone's screaming. They're telling him to get out of there. He pulls out a gun and says, okay, I'm only going to go, um, you know, if Angie comes with me. Or I'm gonna kill Mickey, the baby. Um, so Angie's like, okay. She like presses like her. She was like sleeping. Like these are like the details are like devastating. Mm-hmm. She takes the her headscarf off. She puts it on you know the baby's cheek and she's kissing her. And then they uh, uh, they walk to the end of the driveway with Cookie. Who who the fuck was that? Like that <laughs> Cookie who was Anthony's sister. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally sad. They walk to the end of the driveway. He takes the gun. He shoots the mother and kills her at the end of the driveway. And that part I was, like, not expecting. I was like, oh, shit. It was right in front of him. It was, like, like I'm saying, like, it's so violent and it's so intense and it's so Mm -hmm. traumatizing. And I was like, again, this should have been a, this could have been, this is, girl, this is sequel. You already got your sequel written right here. That's true. And, like, most of her other books are any, I, I think including like All Falls Down are way more violent. I yes, think. I remember. It. I remember. Yeah, because <laughs> the other day he was, we saw something about uh, that puffer fish. What do they call it? Oh, it's yeah. a And he was like, Would you eat that? I was like, No. And he's like, You wouldn't even try it. I was like, No. He's like, What if it was like a world class chef who did everything right? And I was like, Let me tell you about this book, Daniel. <laughs> Yep, I remember that. Because uh-uh. that scene, that scene had me all the way. But that was so nasty. So she has like a way of writing, like really, like violent or really gross or really, you know, like just this, shit pops off. Yeah, and this one isn't that explicit, but like it's except written, for this, yeah, right. Like you don't see the shooting, you don't see the, vi- but just hearing about it and like the emotion in the characters, it's like, mm-hmm. oh god, like, yeah. that's a 
that's a, I guess this book is about family secrets when you get right down to it. And maybe yeah. I guess just a few things had been tweaked and maybe they'd been connected a bit more. And maybe if like, again, one had been made the big story and then one had been the B story, which sort of tied in, yeah. it would have worked a little better for me. It's still yeah. good. I just, it feels a, a bit uneven. Yeah. I can see that. Cause it's like, there's a lot going on like mm-hmm. throughout the entire book. And it's like, okay, Mickey, like <laughs> I know that point where she's like shows up and she's got all the dandruff on her. Anna, who's like just got assaulted, she's like brushing her shoulder. She's like, "Oh my god, girl, you look terrible." So, Nikki's having a hard time, but it still seems like a lot for any one person to be dealing with, right? And so, and so, I think I don't know if we ever said this. We learned that the text messages come, text messages are coming from Mm -hmm. Riley, Mm -hmm. and then the actual in paper messages were coming from her father, her father, Michael. Yeah. So. Which and he like, was the one, <laughs> he was the one who saw her, like, and that was kind of like a tense scene, too. She was, like, going to get her pumpkin, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I didn't like that scene at all. Because <laughs> like, we all it, know that fear. It feels way too real. Like, and this yeah. guy comes up to her, he's kind of talking to her. She's trying to be polite. Um, she goes and gets her drink. And he's still kind of harassing her. He's saying, like, all this off-the-wall stuff. Like, you look like some bitch I used to know. I killed her. And he's, like, trying to grab her. And then, like, all the dudes in the coffee shop jump up. I know. And they're like, not today. But, like, they were waiting to beat They were. (laughs) How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? (laughs) That's what it was. That too, yeah. Yeah. uh, that guy was the older guy was like he's like you go home Moses like we, we got, got this and I feel like you know Michael just got his ass beat that day yeah not not hard enough apparently because he pops back up before we get to that I do want to talk about the reveal with her parents oh uh, which one uh, when she kind of finds out and then when she goes back with the mm-hmm. whole thing with Chris too because I actually mm-hmm. really like these scenes where uh, uh, she finds out. The uncle tells her the truth about her background. Um, and she kind of goes off on her parents and she's like really upset. That's when she goes back with my, um, not Michael, Dexter. And it's like, uh, he's like, well, I feel like they're black excellence. Like they raised you. They did a good job. They helped you. Um, she goes to Chris. who's <laughs> on a fucking pizza party. Yeah, like a, like a, a dinner party or some shit. Yeah. Looking and at his watch like, while she's sitting she's there like, crying. She's like, yeah, bawling. She's so upset. She's like, and Chris is her boss. He's like, not that important, but they were kind of dating and her ex and they kind of broke up and he, you can tell he doesn't really care about her and her parents had this line like, oh, you're the flower of the garden and you're like the most important. You're like the most like like, and if it, anybody doesn't see you that way, if they can't, like, you know, treat you, like, special, then they're not worth your time. Um, and so this guy is just kind of like, oh, he's looking at his watch. He's, like, clearly upset. She's like, can't you just send these people away? He's like, oh, I just flew down. And um, so that's kind of a satisfying scene where she tells him off. And then mm-hmm. she goes back home and sees, she's like, oh, that's what true love is. She sees her family waiting for her like taking care of her and all that stuff so I just like that scene I thought that was sweet too and I what does her mom say it's like you treat her like a secondhand refurbished iPod (laughs) yeah she said I would have set up purse but he wouldn't have gotten it (laughs) 
Chris like gets dunked on a lot by a lot of a people lot. in this book. You are not <laughs> meant to like Chris. No. I liked her line too. She was like, okay, well, has he ever like messed up his hair for you or his clothes, like getting something that you threw in the trash for yeah. you? Has he ever bought you a cool rag while you're like sick with diarrhea on the toilet and so she's like oh no he would never like I would never want him to see me that way and her mom was like well be careful a man you wouldn't want to see you (laughs) sick on the toilet with diarrhea and so I was like listening with my husband I was just like it's disgusting advice but it's true (laughs) (laughs) the message is the the message is there the message is there um so she breaks up with him. He kind of shows up a few more times, but it's only to kind of be rebuked. <laughs> yeah, and he and, is still her boss. And he is still her boss. Oh. That's true. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, that was the only point I want to talk about before kind of like the ending. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say like the ending with Michael. So she's mm-hmm. gone through all this trauma. Her family's, well, that does that happen afterwards? Because that happens while she's, because he's like, what the fuck did I miss? Because he sends all these texts. He's like, Michaela, Michaela, what happened? And she's like in the hospital after being stabbed. <laughs> because Michael shows up at her house. Is it because she forgets to lock the door again? Probably. Shows up at her house and he's like, you've got to die. She died and I died with her and now you got to die so we can all be a family. And she's like, when the way she writes, Michaela seeing herself being stabbed was really like, oh, yeah, because she like really doesn't like she's she's being disassociated, and she's like, he's got something in his hand. He's like poking me with, he's pinching me with it. Like, what is that? What is that? That's my life play. Oh my god! Like, yeah. So he comes, and so she she does him off really quick. She like stabs him in the temple, and then so like that's the end of that. Like pretty quickly. Yeah, and I feel like that is a reference to is a it was a it was a real last thing that happened in Orange County, California. Oh, it was a podcast, and then it was a show starring the lady from um, Friday Night Lights, Tammy Taylor. I can't remember. She's in that new show too that everybody was talking about for a while. Uh, White Lotus. She plays like a mean white lady on there. But um, Dirty John is the name of the podcast in the <gasps> show. Oh, I've heard. Oh, I have heard about that girl. Oh, girl, mm-hmm. that guy was nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a similar kind of ending that I see now. A lot of people referencing in fiction. Okay. Oh, I didn't even make that connection, but you're right. Yes. It's the it's the young girl, and he's not her father, but he's mm-hmm. like his mother, her mother's boyfriend. So it's a similar. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I didn't even get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I only know that because Evil did the same damn thing, <laughs> and we watched that episode two nights ago. And I I turned to my husband, and I was like, "Young girl obsessed with zombies, stabs a guy in the head who was trying to kill her. Like this is this a is exactly that story of what happened in Orange. Like exactly that story." Yeah, the John story up. messed me up. That and Doctor Death, like podcasts, have really. I gotta stop with the <laughs> podcast. That one. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched something like a Dateline, and I thought it was gonna be like a fake story, and it turned out like to be actually real. And I was like, "You, you guys misled me with the title of this. It was like Real Life Gone Girl." I was like, "Oh, someone framed you," and I was like, "No, no, they didn't frame you. It was just a really fucked up thing that happened to you too." Yeah. I was like, "Guys, Deadline, you. I don't think you read that book." <laughs> 
everybody wants to be Gone Girl, but nobody gets what made Gone Girl Gone Girl. So I'm sick of it. <sighs> we should do a bonus on on that author because, like, okay, if if those two characters are not characters, if these two writers write LA really well, I think she's the best writer that I've seen write Missouri really well. Yeah, because she gets like just half fucked up and creepy and angry. Yeah, <laughs> our oh. home state is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a good episode because I feel like everybody wants, I feel like that book was popular and everybody went and did like, like Girl on a Train was a big deal, Girl in the Window, mm-hmm. but none of the people understood what made that book work. They thought, oh, just have a twist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, mm-mm. It's, mm-mm. It's, it's not just a twist. Mm-mm. You gotta. Even the movie kind of fucks up like what made it so, what made her character so sinister and hateful and just yeah. like touches a part of you that's been like super pissed off before too yeah so it's like no i watched that uh, lady in the window on netflix that was and i like movies that people say are bad and i'm like it's not bad it's original it's good it's fun everyone's like doing something that's never this one was just bad like this was actually like just a really bad bad movie i i read the book though so i can't remember I didn't watch it. Yeah. I, I got halfway through the movie and I think I got bored. The I didn't want to reward the author because didn't he isn't he like a scammer? He made up a whole bunch of shit about his life. Like he lied and said he got a doctorate from the University of Oxford. He lied and said he had brain cancer. He he lied a whole bunch of shit and like got attention for it. And like that's how he got this book deal. And I was like, I fuck this book. I'm not rewarding this behavior. Like white men will continue to fail up. And Netflix so, still made it into a movie? I think that's probably why. I think, like, that was probably the hook. <sighs> like, you know, no, what's it, no, pub- no publicity is bad publicity. Mm. So. But some, but Netflix some is. <laughs> so I know, I know. <laughs> Did we ever talk about cuties? That would be a good bonus. Oh, I didn't watch it. I know that there's a lot of controversy, but I never, like, looked oh. into it to see what was really going on. I watched it. Mm-hmm. So it was, I think, I think it's, there was a overreact, I think there was something to react to, but mm-hmm. I also think people overreacted and missed the point. And also mm-hmm. Netflix fucked up with that first, that first poster. Like, I did see the poster and I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know. I can, I can see probably people are taking it, but this poster isn't doing any favors and this just it. don't look like a movie that I don't want to, you know. No, don't so. Watch. So and then yeah, so I think and then everybody like did you and I like all these people I was like did you watch it? Because if you watched it, so yeah. I, I mean I think that goes back to our last bonus where we were talking about like, and I saw this today with the show um, Midnight Mass or something or the, it was another show and it was people saying like oh I don't want to watch this or this is bad because it it's showing like. Catholic people, the Catholic Church of vampires and and all this stuff. And so somebody was like, well, okay, in order to critique something or comment on something, you have to depict it. And if you can't depict it, even if it's a bad thing, you cannot comment on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can't talk about certain subjects in art, even if they're, they're um, difficult, it kind of pushes them under the carpet and right. silences people. So it's like, you know, like, oh, let's take, like, 
abuse just very generally mm-hmm. and it's like there are people who are like oh well you know nothing should ever have any abusive characters there should be no abusive and there are people out there who are saying this like they are saying this they're making this these comments it might just be on the internet it might not be in real life but this is something that we're seeing more and more of but it's like okay well you can't ever tell a story um of a person who experiences abuse who you know uh uh goes to therapy who learns to live with their life like who might you know even just be in their background and it's not important to like the story itself but it's it almost a rate it's like an erasure of anyone who experienced that bad thing right and it's an it's an erasure too of people who do bad things because they're still people and they still like let's say you i don't know let's be very general very kind you uh robbed a place let's say you robbed a the 7-Eleven and you went to jail. It's like, well, I'm against people who steal because it's a sin. You can't have that in any of my media. Uh, And if you went to jail, you're just a bad person and we're done with you forever. And it's like, okay, well, you can't have anyone who has a less than perfect background or anyone like these people don't deserve anything. They don't deserve any depiction. And then what are you left with? And it's kind of like, just because you're depicting something in media is not an endorsement of it. It's just right. acknowledging, you know, all the different experiences that we have. Right. And I think like when, when it's like adult, when it's adult, I mean, with certain things I don't think should, we had this, we had this discussion just last episode, <laughs> yeah. but I do think like with certain adults, like whether or not it's like, you don't need People, adults are protect. They know what they can handle. And they know what they can't. And we should be mm-hmm. able to see something. And if it's something blatantly bad, like abuse, we should be able to see like this is including it for a reason. It's going to say something. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to don't go do. You know, we know better than to repeat what we see on TV. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. That was really messy. But I get what you're saying. No, I get what you're, yeah. And I'm trying not to repeat myself from last episode because yeah. I just go back there. It just keeps coming up. I'm seeing it more and more and more. And people, like, yeah. I think we had a good conversation on that part though. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think after discussing this book with you, I like it a little bit more than I initially thought mm-hmm. I did because we explained some things. I now I get, <laughs> now I know who Norma That's is. That's usually your part explaining to me. <laughs> so, but, um, I like this. It was a good spooky read. I think I'm going to leave the spooky books alone for a bit though. I've been having some anxiety and I've been reading mm-hmm. a lot of thrillers lately. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't, mm-hmm. I need to sleep is what I need. But I think, do you, would you recommend it, Molly? Oh, yeah, definitely. I really liked it. Yeah. I think it's good. I really like, like, even if I didn't enjoy the mystery, and Mm -hmm. I think this is what happened with the last book we did. Even though I didn't Mm -hmm. enjoy the mystery, Mm -hmm. I liked reading her writing. And I liked, like, I Mm -hmm. love the scenes with Anna. I love the scenes with her parents. She even writes the tense scenes, like that scene with the Buick where we find out it's her father Mm -hmm. chasing Mm -hmm. her in that Buick. Like, that was a tense scene. Mm Mm-hmm. So I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I really like her as a writer. Like, like I said, I've read a lot. You know, <laughs> so, oops, you know read that last one. Um, so I don't want to like fangirl or be obnoxious no, or anything. Fangirl. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like it. I would recommend this one and that other one, the Audible original, because they are, I think, connected. Um, okay, and it's cool. just a very different feel because it has a very different main character 
Okay, so I'm going to check that out. What was it called again? Sorry. It is called, no, it's okay, because I have it right here. How It Ends. Okay. And it's short. It's like um, just a few hours, I think, on Audible. But it came out like maybe a few months before, a month, a few weeks, something like that before this one did. Okay. I saw ads for this one everywhere. She got big <gasps> marketing push for this. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, seriously. Because wow. I think... All falls down. It did get pushed, but not, I think, as much as this one. Yeah, and it's accessible too. So, like, I mean, if you made it this far, you've already listened to the whole thing. But <laughs> we should say we should have said this up front. It's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you could read it for free. And so I saw it there. It was a Amazon first read. I saw mm-hmm. big splash ads on Goodreads. So this was a lot of places. Yeah, and I I think she's going to be part of Black Reader Con with. Not on our panel, but we'll, yeah. we'll be there eventually. Yeah, we'll provide more. We should provide more details about that soon because it's a big. It's gonna be a two weekend thing. So mm-hmm. get some tickets. We'll include where to get tickets in the show notes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what have you been reading, Molly? Nothing. I just read this. It was, it was a <laughs> straight okay. to the end. <laughs> That's okay. That's totally fine. What have you been reading? Um, I read two. No, I read three other books before this. I finished Kingdom of Gods. Uh, mm. It was did I did I tell you about this? I finished Kingdom I of Gods. So. I think it was fine. It was not the book I would have expected the third book of this series to be, mm-hmm. but it was it was fine. If I wonder if that's why she wrote that extra novella, like because mm. it feels like things between you know the three capital the three aren't really wrapped up, mm. and that's that's why I thought. Like is the books are about. It's about those three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go check that out. I read Higher Love by Alexandria House, which was a short little romance. It was cute. I read The Final Girl Support Group by Grady <laughs> Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it. I can't say I wouldn't recommend it, but like I I went on a whole journey with that book, man. Let me tell you. I say my husband was heartbroken because <gasps> he's not a big reader and he like he follows like you, me, Black Chicklet, like my brother, his mom, like very few people on Twitter. But <laughs> once a week, he'll like go through Twitter and like comment on all the things we've talked about. Yes. Not no, not not on Twitter to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like went to me about all the things we've done on Twitter. And so he's like, "Oh, Danny read this book." He sat there and read that whole review loud so to me. And he was like, oh, I think I was going to read it. He's like, but if Danny didn't like it, <laughs> then I don't think I should read it. Because she's real smart. And she's not going to, well, maybe she, well, did she read this one? Because I read that one. I like that one. But if it's not good. And he like really had a crisis of faith like no. for like 20 straight minutes. No. Okay, here's my thing with this book. It mm. hit me in some personal sore spots. Okay. And so I can't say I don't recommend it for other people, but mm. it just, it hit me, it attacked me, and like, mm. it, it pulled a Riley on me, and I went <laughs> Anna on it. So that's all I'm going to say. I do I think see. that I might later check out that vampire book, because enough people have said that they really liked it. That I was like, okay, I'm curious. I'll check it out. But this book had, I'll just say, they have a seat. This is the book. And it's probably really personal, and that's fine. But they have yeah. a scene where everyone in the book kidnaps a woman from hospice care, and then she uh, dies, and they abandon her in a park. And I'm like, uh, yeah, why? Yeah. For a book that's supposed to be about, like, because they touch on meta commentary about how, like, 
you know, slasher films aren't good for women. They're misogynistic, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but look how you're treating your own female characters. Also mm-hmm. the shit I've been through this past year. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's, that's good feedback. And I think that's a good point that you're making. He had um, read that. I think the vampire book. So that's why he was like, Oh shit. Well, Danny's saying it's all good. Like, so I am not smart enough to tell people whether or not they should or should not read it. I always react very personally to reviews. But Daniel, we've like, been doing this for five years. I know. Oh my god, five. Okay, so maybe six. I said five, but I'm not sure. I think it'll be six next year. We've missed our birthday month, anniversary <laughs> month for a few years because life, COVID, yeah. really effed us up. Yeah, it did. So. Like a lot but, of people. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I read. So yeah. I so if you're out there listening to me, I'm going to try to I don't want to say his name on the air because I know you value your privacy. But Miss Mr. Molly, I, <laughs> I'm going to check out the vampire book. And again, that book just hit me personally. Also, the way they did the black girl, and I was like, that ain't right. So oh, okay, but okay, I'm not saying like, and I don't think he was saying. But if you if you got some things that weren't you know right, then no. But I also don't feel comfortable enough to saying no one should read it because it wasn't like full out offensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, I guess leaving a dead body in a park is kind of maybe don't do that. But but I think I thought the premise was good. Like it includes horror films like I, it did put me in a really Halloweeny mood because it's like mm-hmm. there's callbacks to Friday the 13th. Uh, what's the movie with Jason? Is that Friday the 13th? Nightmare on Elm Street then. Friday the yeah. 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, mm-hmm. like all those old movies. It got me mm-hmm. real in the mood to go watch some of that stuff. But okay. yeah. So apologies. To- no. <laughs> you wanted to you wanted to turn him off a book that he wouldn't have enjoyed. So uh so I don't actually know like when he reads, what kind of books does he like to read? Thrillers and suspense stuff. He will Is he a read, comic book like, guy? Mm-mm. Like, he'll read, <laughs> he tried to get me to read a book called House of Leaves for, like, we've been, what, dating eight years? Oh, I think he told me Something that. crazy. And he gave it to me, and I put it, like, at the back part of your car, you know, in the wheelchair. Yes. <laughs> and all the glue wilted. Oh, no. And so I got a new copy, and then I was like, gonna read it once. So I sent it in my baby's room. This is like years, years go by between me trying to read this book. Like my baby's like picking it up. He's carrying it around. It's like this reminder of the one book he's ever like told me to read. And you haven't done it. But to oh. be fair, I've recommended a lot of spectacular books to him and he's not read them. So I feel like we're even. Um, so he reads, he reads like... Uh, like, he liked Ready Player One. He liked World War Z. I just okay. asked him the other day. I was like, what are your favorite? So he likes kind of those okay. types of books, yeah. Promotions. Yes. So, as always, you want to say thank you to our patrons, Allie, Alyssa, Andrea, Brittany, Brianna, Catherine, Ellen, Emily, Erica, Frank, Heather, I Found This Great Book Podcast, Jennifer, Kat, Martell, Montara, Nolia, Ruth, Therese, Whitney, and YM. Speaking of, I found this great book podcast. We were recently on that episode. Mm -hmm. I will make sure to include it in the show notes. It was Mm -hmm. a great super fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And I listened to that tea podcast a little bit of it. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Black Chick Lit, on Instagram at BCL Podcast, and you can visit us uh, and leave comments for us at um, blackchicklit.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them at to contact at blackchick.com. Also, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. That helps others find us. Mm-hmm. And Spotify, too. Can we, yes. like, throw your girls a lot of attention? Because Spotify is like, book podcast? Hey, Black Chick Lit, which Apple does not do. And That's I see true. you, Apple. I see That's you being true. hateful. That's, That's why true. I only listen to podcasts on Spotify now. <laughs> That's true. Also, I had, like, 20 gigabytes of data that were just podcasts that I did not know were downloading on Apple Podcasts. <gasps> Because it does that auto shit. Mm-mm. And I, I never, since I got this phone, since I went back to Apple, I never use the podcast app. I always use Spotify. And so I was like, why is my memory so full? And it was like, it was literally like, I think I said 20. It was like 14 gigabytes. It was way <laughs> too much. You have 80 hours of podcast to listen to. It was like two years worth that I had no idea. <laughs> it was too much. Anyways. Thank you, Sweet 45, for for your support theme song, Jones In. You can find them on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash, and I always get this because my S-H-S is the only one, forward slash Sweet, S-U-I-T-E, 45, that's the numeral, 4-5. And that's it. I'm excited for the spooky holiday episode we just brainstormed. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a little bit different. But I remember, like, when we did the Marvel one, that was a lot of fun. It was. It was the last time we kind of went off the rails and just did movies. And I think, like, for at least the chat, it'd be fun to open it up to other, like, Black media. Like That's true. Like, I feel like we do do the books, but, like, we could all, like, we... It's fine. No one can. I don't yeah. feel like we're going to get like the podcast police coming at us. <laughs> that wasn't a book. <laughs> okay. So I think that'd okay. be fun if we could. Okay, we so we could time, yeah. definitely find opportunities to do that more often. Like we yeah. should have, honestly, we should have talked about Harry and Meghan, but shit was happening in both our lives. So. That's true. And you know what? They're going to bring out this new baby soon. And I know a lot of people are probably going back to listen to that um, American Girl episode. And I listened to it because I was like, what did we say? How dumb were we acting? I know. We say a lot about Megan being sca- a scammer. And I still believe in my heart that she is. But I don't want people to misconstrue and be like, that I'm hateful toward her. It's like if you go in like Robin Hood and scam people who are scamming, then you're the hero. You know what I'm saying? I think we said hustler. Was that your word? Like, she hustled. My word was scammer. I know, but, like, the spirit of it. The spirit. I guess hustler. I can yeah. see that. But I just, I like the idea of just, like, scamming people who, you know, were responsible for colonization. Like, that's yeah. cool to me. Like, like she, okay. got on, she got over on the entire, like, she won. America... She got did. a point on the board. I saw her sitting there with Oprah. And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're right. We should have done a whole episode about that because we talked about it a lot. No. But I can admire, like, the scamming that she's doing. And I, I can applaud it. The or the hustling. I like it. Yeah. I'm for it. So we don't let it stay. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. All right, on bye. That note, we're getting very silly. So I will say goodnight, Danny. 
Good night, Molly. Good night, everyone. Oh, yeah, it's like midnight here. So good night, everyone. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye.